Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From between the hedges at Sanford Stadium to the practice fields, from Stegman Coliseum and wherever else the Bulldogs are playing, it's time to talk Georgia sports. From the Athens Banner Herald, here are your hosts, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Hey, welcome in. We are two weeks and two days away from Georgia, Oregon, in Atlanta, the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Ryan, are you are you ready for some football? Definitely ready for some football. Obviously, here in Athens, we get started with high schools here tonight, in fact. Big, we, big we, local matchup, Clark Central, Cedar Shoals. But yeah, I'm excited about uh, college football especially. Do they uh, still do the whole ESPN game day uh, preseason thing the week before. I don't know what you're talking about, but I know week zero is next week. Yeah. I don't, haven't looked at the schedule, but there's a probably an assortment of games. And there's already games going on, Ryan. Have you been watching the quirky Kell High School games? No, I haven't called any of that yet. I did see Parkview blew out somebody. Did they play Brookwood to start the season? Was that no, the match? Uh, no, I can't uh, remember the team. I just saw the, a highlight on Twitter uh, where Parkview crushed somebody. But, no, I haven't caught the quirky Kell yet. Um but, uh, you know, man, we uh, this is our busy time of year. Georgia football, local high school football, it uh, nonstop for about four straight months. It's, it was Jones Creek, and now look at the score. Uh, 52 to 7, yeah, Parkview, yeah. Yeah. over Jones Creek. Uh, I had uh, Jones Creek given. <laughs> given the 37. Given 50, <laughs> so I don't, know, I don't know how that turned out for me. All right, Ryan, uh, we're, we're going to talk about Georgia's uh, kind of the comings and goings from uh, after the first scrimmage. we got the second scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, we're going to talk uh, about Georgia's tight ends and break down. We're going to rank from worst, I wouldn't say worst, but last to first, how we think Georgia's NFL 15 players, rookie hall, how they will fare Who's the most valuable who you should grab for your fantasy team, maybe? Do you play fantasy football? Oh, I love fantasy football. Nope. Play a little bit of fantasy baseball. Yeah. No, no time in the fall. Uh, and we'll talk about uh, whatever else pops up in our heads. Ryan, uh, before we start, I need to ask you, uh, Kraft Heinz is recalling thousands of pouches of Capri Sun <laughs> after some cleaning solution accidentally mixed in with the juice on a production line. I know, I know you're drinking. you got a big uh, cup there. You got, you got some Capri Sun in there? No, it's my morning coffee, but I mean, is, is Capri Sun made by like the same, uh, you know, like Georgia Pacific or whatever that makes 409 or whatever else type of cleaner? Is that how something like that happens? Georgia Pacific. So you're trying to bring this home to the state of Georgia? <laughs> Whoever makes, you know, bounty paper towels. I, I don't know exactly. Uh, you know, they're all conglomerates, right? They all, yeah. they, they all are kind of uh, attached to each other. But, you know, were you a Capri Sun guy growing up, you know, and... Uh, I did. Like, did you, after you had, I don't know, were you playing, like, youth basketball or baseball? Did you get on Capri Sun after... Uh, you get your orange, a Capri Sun, maybe a, a pack of Oreos, uh, Chips Ahoy cookies, something like that. 
but yeah, I love the, you know, the, the, the straw with the angle in the pouch and then, uh, what it two sips and a squeeze and you're done with your, your pre sun. <laughs> All right. The only, fl uh, flavor that was affected apparently wild cherry flavor juice. So the best. That's it. All right. Man. Yeah. That, I hope nobody was harmed in the production of this Capri Sun. Don't have further details, but, um, bad segue, but speaking of, uh, some harm, <laughs> not, not great news for Arian Smith on the injury front. Uh, he's kind of been dealing with an assortment of injuries during his Georgia career coming off, uh, was it ACL or a leg injury last season? Don't have it in front of me, can't remember. But this time it's a high ankle sprain. It's not just a high ankle sprain that's, that you can work around. He's going to probably by now already had surgery. Not a great situation. Um, you know, interestingly enough, Todd Munkin, uh, I think it was the same day before Smith got injured, he was talking about how, how Smith, you know, at, up to this point has basically, basically been a situational player because he hadn't got enough playing time. With, and that situation would have been like, hey, you, you go deep and we'll throw you the ball, I think. Um, I think he had three touchdowns out of five catches at Georgia. So uh, what's the impact, do you think? Well, I think it's, you know, it's, it's a bummer for him. It's a bummer for the team because of his speed. We obviously saw on the track what he was able to do. You know, I think a sub-10, 100-meter dash. And, you know, I always thought of him as uh, when, a, when you play NCAA football on, on the PlayStation or Xbox that he would be your four vertical guys, 99 speed. You just put him out there, throw the ball up, and he'd go get it. So – Obviously, a team with a lot of weapons, and he was one of those that you thought would be one of those weapons, especially like you mentioned on the deep threat. So, yeah, a bummer for Georgia, but uh, they're not lacking weapons in the in the receiving core. Smith didn't even run track this uh, this spring because, injury, huh? because he wanted to kind of make sure he was good to go for football. So, another guy that's been banged up, and maybe we'll get a chance. We haven't got word on whether we're going to have any viewing period this afternoon when, when Georgia practices, which I guess will be their I'm not sure if they practiced yesterday because uh, practice classes started at UGA on Wednesday. But Kendall Milton uh, was dealing with a grade one hamstring injury. Um, Kenny McIntosh, for all accounts, had a uh, terrific scrimmage, had a long run, which I think Georgia put out on video. Now, Kirby said that Milton wasn't that serious, right? With yeah, his, he said that. Hip. But that's one of those injuries that can right. linger. Yeah, I mean, you want him to be, you know, able to. I mean, I would guess he was not going to. He's not going to scrimmage uh, this Saturday. I mean, you want to make sure he's ready to go for Oregon. Um, Tate Rallage, uh, who is working as a starting right guard, also dealing with an injury. This time, it's a turf toe. That coming, makes feet, man. Coming off a Liz Frank injury. Um, you know, he's an important guy. Big, big guy, six-six-ish uh, or something. And uh, these guys all seem to weigh about three hundred and thirty pounds. <laughs> Uh, kind of a mauler and, and, you know, really can help out in, that, in the run game in that regard. And he was your starter last year when he gets hurt in, what, three plays? Three or four plays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll see, uh, you know, what, what happens there. I mean, Georgia's got uh, Devon Willock uh, at guard. Um, you know, they, they have other guys that they can roll in there. Warren Erickson can play some center and some guard. Um, what do you think about Rattledge and how worrisome is his, uh, you know, nagging injuries? I mean, it's it's a bummer of a situation all around because, like I said, he was he was your starting right guard last year. Got hurt in about three plays, missed the entire season. And you know, you just you start. I would think as a medical uh, professional somewhere, you start wondering if there was something 
worse with his turf toe, Liz Frank, both in the foot there. So uh, it, it's concerning, you know, for him as a person. I think Georgia will, will be okay along the line there. But, uh, yeah, I hope it's not too serious and get back out there. Xavier Trust has some starting experience. Another guy that they're gonna can kind of move around and, and fill in some gaps at guard, and, and then a name you've, we've heard about uh, kind of making a move is uh, Jared Wilson, I guess, a redshirt freshman, athletic uh, guy. So we'll see if uh, you know Trust is six seven three thirty. Um, so um, you know they have their some options there. Overall, this offensive line, when you talk about you know Warren McClendon, Broderick Jones, Cedric. Uh, Amarius Mims, etc. Van Pran. I mean, this has the potential to be, you know, a very good offensive line. And, uh, and that's just product of recruiting year after year, man. And it started with Sam Pittman. Just bring in five five stars along that line, and they'll uh, sort themselves out. This is not exactly breaking news, but the defense has lost a lot of talent, and that kind of shows up in a, in a scrimmage situation like Saturday. If you know you're not necessarily getting uh, what you're what you're used to seeing from the front seven. Um, when do you worry about that? Do you think uh, this week we'll hear that the defense did uh, much better? I don't know. I, we, we need to see it with our own eyes, I think. Now, what Kirby tells us, uh, you know, I, I guess you take, take uh, you know, to, to some seriousness. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss later all the talent that was lost on that defense, and it's clear – why they might struggle a little bit against a, an offense that has a lot of experience. So, uh, but I think that, you know, that group's still hungry. And, and like Kirby said at the media days, that there's a group that hadn't proven itself and it wants to come out there, uh, especially week one against Oregon and, and, and prove itself. So, yeah, uh, if they've got a lot to learn and, and uh, you know, prove in a scrimmage against a, a really good offense, uh, you know, hopefully for, for their sake, they, they keep improving and, and get the people in there that, uh, you know, can, can fill in for those big shoes. Tom and Jay came out with a list yesterday for the ESPN draft dude. Three of the top 12 players on his list are Georgia defenders. So you might say, well, Georgia lost an awful lot of talent. They still have an awful lot of talent. Jalen Carter, Keely, Keely Ringo, Nolan Smith, yeah. all in the top 12. That's impressive. Um, so, you know, I don't think necessarily it would be the top-end talent on this Georgia defense. It might just be, you know, when you're talking about the 8th, ninth, 10th, and 11th guy on this defense, when you talk about your starters, how good are they going to be? Are they going to be, uh, you know, will there be a drop-off there? No, I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised. They're bringing in four or five-star talent every year, and even no, – I'm talking about immediately this, this season. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. I, I think that one of those guys is going to show up, in, you know, from the game one, and we're going to step back and go, whoa. I mean, you think about Jordan Davis even. You know, he was a three-star guy that came in, not too much hype. And then, you know, there he is in the middle of your line for a few years. So Yeah, but, I mean, Davis is a, is a true freshman. That's come a little bit to get going, right? Right. So we mentioned McIntosh, um, you know, after him, if, you know, if Milton's, uh, if it's kind of lingering a little bit, um, you know, Dejon Edwards uh, has come along strong. And then you got the, the two true freshmen uh, back there that, you know, have, have gotten good reviews as well. Branson Robinson, uh, who looks like a, a man child out of high school back there. And, and you know, Dejon, I, I think it's a guy that, 
you know, when we've seen him in limited action, now granted it might be later in the game, he's, he's a, he's a strong looking runner. And he was another guy, I think he was a four star running back out of, out of high school. And, uh, he's, he's solid. So I think, you know, you think about maybe a Brian Herrian type of mold out of, out of day, John, he takes his opportunities and he, you know, I think he's a guy that can run with those opportunities when he gets a chance this year. Andrew Paul is the other true freshman. Both those guys, I think, are going to, you know, especially if you're if you're missing, uh, you know, one of your guys, uh, you know, those guys might see some significant, you know, snaps at running back, you know, in, in some of these games. I mean, when you have a, a Kent on the schedule early on the season, a Samford, those guys are going to get a chance to, to kind of ball out anyway. Absolutely. All right, Ryan, uh, we got a chance to speak to Brock Bowers. First time, right? First time in person, uh, yeah. he, he did do a little like ten minute deal when he won a freshman All American award or, or freshman of the year award on on Zoom. Uh, but um, first time we've seen him, it looks like he had a little bit different look. Not sure if he sure if he's a member of the Buzzcut Boys or, or just went super short. But um, you know, it, let's, let's talk a little bit about tight end stats this year for Georgia. Uh, made a little predictions. Um, Let's let's see what you, what you can do. Now, I didn't tell Ryan about this ahead of time, so he's going to improvise and do this off the top of his head. Let's let's project out Georgia's stats for these tight ends. You're talking about Brock Bowers, Eric Gilbert, Darnell Washington, uh, in particular as as the the front line guys. Um, what, what did I put? Uh, I thought I wrote down the uh, the true freshman guy as well, but uh, let's look for that. So an Oscar Delt yeah. trying to you know. He's gonna to have to. Uh, oh, here we go. He's got to squeeze himself into a to a crowded room there. Uh, all right, Brock Bowers had 56 catches, 882 yards, and 13 touchdowns last season. I am projecting out. That's a 15 game schedule last year. Georgia may or may not play 15 games this year. Um, they'll need to go to the national championship. Yeah, of course, I'm gonna go with 41 touch, 41 catches. 675 yards and eight touchdowns for Mr. Brock Bowers. Yeah, there figured to be a, a little bit of a drop-off. Uh, one, because, uh, like you mentioned, uh, maybe less games, less time played against the Sanfords and the Kents. Uh, but obviously, he's going to be more focused on by the defense. And you have a room, like you mentioned, with Eric Gilbert. You got uh, Darnell Washington. So, I mean, I, I agree with you there on the stats dropping off. That doesn't mean he's not going to be, uh, you know, play a key role and have a big year, but that, that seems about seems about right to me. Rick Gilbert uh, didn't play last year, had a uh, good freshman year at LSU. I'm going with 29 catches, 460 yards, and five touchdowns. Now, I'm saying this based on the fact that Jermaine Burton is playing for Alabama now. That he is. Uh, and I think George is going to take advantage of these tight ends uh, as best as possible. Um, is that too high, 29, 460, and 5 for Eric Gilbert? No, because like you said, I, I think that – You also got to find room for Kenny McIntosh in the passing game. Okay. I mean, he's, he's got that skill set. Right. So you're saying he would take more of a, uh, maybe, a James maybe. Cook type of uh, yeah, maybe. the look of, uh, you know, lining up way wide. Yeah, I don't, know if, I don't know if he's necessarily – I mean, you don't have that type of. I think I'm thinking more of like you know in the flat and screen passes. Yeah. Well, getting back to Eric, uh, yeah, I, I think he's gonna they're gonna split him out more. You know, I, and I, what we saw, what they're saying, what we saw in spring, what they're saying now. I mean, he's gonna play a true tight end role. But like you said, they do have to uh, you know fill in for the loss of uh, Jermaine Burton and getting Eric back this year. Just seems like that's the type of role that. 
you know, he, he might be more of a receiver than a tight end and, and could benefit well from it. Now, Darnell Washington, in my mind, has been under, I wouldn't say underutilized, but his, he hadn't put up skyrocket numbers for a guy that, you know, was a five-star right out of uh, yeah, Nevada. out of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, And I also think that, to a certain extent, Georgia is trying to make him feel uh, appreciated in the fact that Kirby brought him out to speak to the media when he was out all spring. You don't want a guy, anybody, especially now. You don't want to. You want to take care of your talent because there's a transfer portal, and guys are leaving left and right around college football. So I think he'll be targeted more. Uh, and I'm going to put up these numbers for Darnell Washington: 23 catches, 375 yards, and four touchdowns. And that's more than I don't think he even hit double digits in, in catches last season. Yeah, he only had one touchdown, right, for his Georgia career in the SEC championship game. Yeah. What, what, what are your numbers? Do you think Gilbert get, gets more? Uh, more catches than Washington? Yeah, yeah. I do. Um, you know, we've seen we've seen especially that G Day game two years ago when he just looked like a man amongst boys out there. I think it was Dan Jackson that took the brunt of a uh, stiff arm uh, against Darnell. Uh, obviously, he's got the talent now. Yeah, will it, will they put in more packages where he is you know crossing with another tight end and becomes open more? I could definitely see him. You know, his numbers boosting a lot. But it's a it's a crowded room, and like you said, but you know, does do, does it all even out for all of them? Where uh, you know maybe his numbers were raised a little bit, and Brock's are even lowered a little more than what you have. We'll have to see. Now, Oscar Delp was targeted a bunch in the G Day, was he not? Yeah, but you, you know how to you know how to take a G Day game. I know, but Kirby did mention him again the other day when uh, I asked him Kirby about kind of the, the younger, more unproven wide receivers in light of Aaron Smith going down. And he brought up Delp in that he said, you know, I know he's not a receiver, but he's a he's a pass catcher. So I'm going to say Oscar Delp, 16 catches, 290 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, That'd be a huge year for him, I think. Yeah. But I, I think he's, I mean, he's not like trying to, I don't want to bring up any names in the past, but I mean, remember Charlie Warner went off in the Rose Bowl and then got injured? Mm-hmm. Like, he seemed like a guy that was maybe underutilized in the passing game. I mean, Georgia underutilized their tight ends, arguably, uh, until last year for a good while. Yeah. All right. Uh, more importantly, getting back to Brock Bowers, I asked him what uh, what Zach Saucy uses since he is a uh, oh, NIL guy with – he has a, a deal with Zaxby's, and he said he's a catch-up guy. Uh, so it's also, right? Can what, that? What's that? Ketchup's not a sauce, if you ask me. I mean, he just he, he went whatever condiment he maybe dips, dips in the chicken nuggets in there. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he puts it on his chicken sandwich. Well, the thing about Zaxby's is there's only one sauce, right? There's no, the no, Zach no. sauce, but then you can have a ranch or a blue cheese. It's not like they're throwing out the uh, their competitors have a Polynesian, a Chick Fil A sauce. They have ranch. They have buffalo. I'm not so sure that Zaxby's has all that. Well, I mean, I haven't. Truth be told, unless Zaxby's wants to advertise for us, I haven't really eaten at a Zaxby's for a while, but I pulled up on their website uh, about their sauces. Well, and, uh, I mean, they have sauces, I guess, for their hot, you know, hot sauce-wise. You have Wimpy, you have Tongue Torch, you have Nuclear, but that's that's just coating for your chicken. That's not a sauce to dip your chicken in. Look, here's what they got. Does that make sense? You got Zach sauce, spicy Zach sauce, ranch, honey mustard, marinara, Wimpy. You're saying those are all for uh Well, I'm glad we've had this conversation because now I'm going to ask for the spicy Zach sauce. I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> now, uh, what, what kind of condiment guy are you? What What do you go to? What's your go-to? 
uh, if you had to kind of you know pick one. I like a little uh, chipotle ranch dressing, uh, like when I grill chicken, on, you know, at the home. I like to like to dip it in that. Well, I tell you what, uh, throwing out a, a non-sponsor, but local non-sponsor, Barberitos. If you go there, get the chipotle ranch on your burrito or bowl or whatever. It's delicious. All right, uh, good, good to know. Uh, Give we'll, it a shot. we'll make mention of that. Hey, why don't we take a little break? We'll come back. We're going to rank Georgia's NFL guys uh, from this past class, and we'll talk about a range of other subjects. We'll be back uh, in just a minute. All right, we're back. Before we talk about Georgia's NFL draft class and, and kind of how we think they might fare, Ryan, uh, I don't watch a lot of PGA Tour golf non-majors. I do, you know, usually if I'm around, I'll check out to see, like, usually there's a Georgia player lurking somewhere three or four shots off the lead. You want to see how they do. And uh, this weekend, I don't even know what event was. Where was it? Yeah, it was in uh, Greensboro. Oh, yeah. No, it was not. Memphis? It was Memphis. Memphis. Yeah, thank you. One Sepp Straka was, uh, he played himself into a, a playoff um, with uh, a guy that's been really good but hadn't won, Will Zelatoris. Yep. And it was an incredible playoff. Yeah. I, I, uh, Did you watch turn, Turned over last second. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's where you text I was a little confused because... It looked like Zalatoris was picking up his ball, and he, I thought he did. I thought that Zep was sitting pretty, but apparently Zep was about uh, Zep hit uh, the creek. Zep the water. was about six shots in. Yeah, yeah Zep hit the water, and Zalatoris had a, a, a lie that was like it should have been in the water too, but it was kind of that was luck. It was like wedged in an area that you really couldn't hit the ball, so he picked it up. He ended up winning. Uh, unfortunately, have you written have you written about Sepp a good bit, hadn't you? Well, last year, you know, he was in the Olympics with Austria. Okay. And uh, wrote okay. a story. So he was with Austria, but, like, I forgot his backstory. Like, didn't he move to America pretty early in his life? Yeah, he and his brother moved to uh, Valdosta. Valdosta, right. And then came to Georgia. Just them, two of them? Well, his parents, his family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my point is that I, I didn't realize, I guess, that he doesn't he doesn't have any kind of foreign accent. He has a, uh, yeah. a South Georgia accent. Yeah, he does. That's funny. <laughs> so, uh, didn't get the win. I think he did already win once on the tour, that at least, uh, you know, I don't know if it's... Yeah, it. the Honda Classic. Yeah. That was this year? Yeah, and I think it qualified him for the Masters. All right, let's do this. 15 to 1, we're going to rank Georgia's... Hold on, you didn't mention uh, Kevin Kisner's motivational video. Oh, yeah, Kevin Kisner, I guess, is qualified for... Is it next week already? The Atlanta... No, I don't think he's locked into the 30. Oh, what, what was so, he talking about then? Well, I mean, there's a tournament this week, you know, for the for the 70. Uh, I know, but he's, he mentioned something about Atlanta. Yeah, I think he's got to qualify. Oh. You know, he's got to play well enough to qualify for Atlanta. Well, he, he I don't even know if he illegally used this uh, <laughs> this audio of Kirby uh, cursing up a storm in the locker room at Florida. Uh, and he used it to motivate himself with a video <laughs> talking about how he's going to, you know, I guess come out and... and put up a great number. I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, let's hope so. Uh, yeah, I wonder if Kirby, what do, what do you think of They're that? They're good buddies, so I'm sure he's... You think, you, think he got, he, you think he told Kirby he's going to use it before yeah, him? Yeah, he texted him and said, hey... I do you think he did? 
That's a good question. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. Called her. He's like, I'm doing it. All right, uh, let's go 15 to 1. I will say this. This is kind of a lot of it is guessing because I don't follow NFL preseason as much, although I did watch the first episode of uh, uh, Hard Knocks with the Lions. I guess I'll watch the second. It, um, it wasn't as much stuff like away from the field. It was a lot of stuff in the training facility. The coaches just, you know, talking about stuff and, and practice and all that. And usually I start watching the series. I don't know if it's usually like five episodes. By episode three, I just kind of forget to pick up four and five. The only one I've ever watched was the Falcons one. Uh, yeah, I just I don't remember them doing. Yeah, it was like 2014, okay. I think. All right, anyway, uh, did you, do you have your list ready to go? Got it ready. Got it ready. All right, number 15. Uh, got an Atlanta Falcon. Justin Schaefer is last on my list. Last, huh? I just don't know. Like, I mean, it's hard. When I say impact, look, if he gets any playing time, he'll make an impact. But, like, you know, there's no stats that are really – I guess you could look at, like, pro football focus to measure, uh, you know, how good he did. But, anyway, yeah. I got another Falcon. I got, I got Fitzpatrick. I got it by 14th. I mean, I don't know the situation. I mean, one or both these guys could get cut even. I don't know. Yes. Uh, well, I checked out the Falcons depth chart, and he's not in the top three tight ends. So yeah, he, he's last. I got Jake Camardo at 14. He is struggling apparently down in uh, down in Tampa Bay. Oh, is he? Yeah. All right. Now I need to look that up. I saw some underperformance uh, reviews, underwhelming performance reviews. Oh yeah. Uh, Bleacher Report list. Uh, 2020 NFL rookies who have disappointed in training camp, and uh, he's one of them. So yeah. uh, now that you say that, I'm going to revise my list. Well, while you revise, I do have Schaefer at 13. I only had I only had Camarda at 11, but now I'm going to move him down lower. <laughs> he's now at 13 on my list. Hey, th go. thanks for the tip. Yeah, there you go. Schaefer at 13, he's still about third, fourth string on the uh, Falcons offensive line. All right, number 12 then, mm -hmm. if I have Camarda at 13. <laughs> I'm going to go with Jamari Sawyer, just because when you're a six-round draft pick, uh, as he was with, I think it was the L.A. Chargers, is that right? Or which team is he on? Yeah, he's with the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's a sort, certain uh, pecking order that, that you fall into, and uh, that's not really even a shot at Jamari. It's just that they have so many so many talented Bulldogs uh, in this class. I got 12, Darian Kendrick. He's uh, still low, I think, on the Rams depth chart. So you did more research. You actually were looking at depth charts. Hey, I'm, I'm, where, where do they have a depth chart for all the NFL teams? Well, you go to ESPN.com. Uh, it's pretty easy. Click around teams. That's because – But but I did some – you know, I did uh, – we actually have defensive players in my fantasy league. It's so. because Ryan yeah. plays fantasy football, yeah, so he knows, he knows where to look on that. Darian Kendrick, 12. Devontae Wyatt, 11. I have uh, Kendrick, 11. So we're, we're close there. You have Wyatt where? Uh, 11. Okay, you got him a lot lower than I do. He's a first-round pick, so I'm going to put him higher. Number 10, well, actually, I do have a first-round pick. Quay Walker of the Packers. Uh, I did see that maybe he had a disappointing uh, stretch in his first preseason game. Ryan is kind of shaking his head. You're wrong. He's way up there. He's going to be a starter for the Packers. There, there's no wrong. No. I got I got Channing Tindall at 10. I got Channing Tindall at 9. I, I heard uh, he had some good moments with, with the Dolphins already. Yeah, I heard that he uh, – Excuse me. Enjoyed his first game with the Dolphins. Now, enjoyed, I don't know. What do you mean enjoyed? Did he? Did he like? Uh, hey, well, actually, no. I saw a Joe Shad article. I think he writes for the Miami. Yeah. Area. No, no. He writes for the uh, West Palm Beach. Okay, one of those. Yeah. yeah. But you know, he had a story, uh, and he actually asked him about the national championship game. How the first NFL preseason game of his life compared to the national championship game. He said they were about the same. What? They were not the same. He said, "You know, I'm in the NFL, bro." So they're about the same to him as far as excitement. 
Okay, I'm not buying that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so where is he on your list? So I had Channing at number 10. Okay, why well, Channing at 9? I think I just mentioned that. Number 8, I have your boy Devontae Wyatt. First-round pick on the Packers defensive line. Uh, you know, not a guy that's probably going to rack up an incredible amount of stats as an interior guy, probably, you know, more in the in the uh, taking up blockers and helping inside linebackers. Um, we'll see. Maybe he'll get some more tackles for loss up there. Uh, what do you, who do you got? Well, at nine, I had Jamari because he's uh, actually getting in there, uh, I think, second team on whichever team that he was on. I can't remember. I got the Kobe at number eight. And I say that because it seems like they're still slow in working him into a rotation there. I, something I read had him kind of mix in with the second and third team during their uh, first scrimmage or first, uh, you know, preseason game. So number, I, I don't think Nakobe is quite where people had hoped just yet. Number seven on my list is James Cook of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, running back uh, who I expect, you know, is going to thrive in the NFL. But, um, you know, George's got a lot of talented guys. I got some other guys ahead of him. I'm going to see him at number seven. I think he's, uh, you know, Getting a little work with the with the Vikings, but still not in like a starting type of role just yet. Number six, and I probably have lowered him because he's getting so much hype that I don't think he's going to be able to live up to it. It's the preseason. Everybody needs to calm down, okay? I got George Pickens number six on my list. Take okay. that. Take okay. that. I got Zamir uh, because, you know, I think he's going to get some work this year, but uh, I, I don't think he's ahead of James Cook, who I have at five. And, I mean, uh, you know, things I've seen is that James is – is impressing and it's a very almost committee-like running back room apparently in Buffalo. They don't, you know, they rely on uh, Josh Allen a lot. You know, he runs the ball, he throws the ball. So, uh, but I've heard that James might fit in the mix there, you know, out of the backfield as a as a great receiving back. So I have him at five, one spot ahead of Zamir. Number five, I have your number one NFL overall draft pick, Trayvon Walker, and I say that because there's so much pressure on him. You know, is he going to live up to the hype? being a number one overall guy, I know he, there was a lot of praise about him in the first game, and I went and looked up the stats that game. He had one tackle, and it was the one sack that wasn't even like – it wasn't like he, he ran around the, the tackle and got to the quarterback, you know, on, on because he beat his guy. It was more like the quarterback was kind of flushed out a little bit, and, and Walker got to him. Um, it does count. but um, He also beat his guy on the very first play and mauled the quarterback and got a roughing the passer. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. What, what's he done since then? I don't know. Okay. But, I mean, I, I've heard good things. And uh, I think he's – obviously, he's going to be a starter and not mm-hmm. – and they're not working too hard. Well, all these other guys I mentioned, I think, are going to be starters too. But go on. All right. What number were you had? That, that was like five. five. So, four we're down to because I said James yep. Cook at five. I got Jordan Davis. You know, he had an impressive video of uh, just pushing the center into the backfield. Uh, yeah, that's what thirteenth overall pick. They have high hopes for him, and you know, I heard that in the in the running game, like we saw here at the University of Georgia, he was the the rock in the middle of that defense, just taking up two, three guys, and linebackers can make tackles. Number four on my list is Amir White, who I think has an opportunity with the Raiders to, uh, you know, he's been impressive when I saw, and I think I only saw the first game. I don't know what he did in week two. I guess they're on week two unless they just skip their other game. And I don't know. But uh, I think he has an opportunity there. I think he's got an NFL body, and um, I think he's kind of built for, for that game. Yeah, 
Chubb, Chubb's done pretty well at that level. I'd say, and uh, similarities in knee injuries, right? Been pretty healthy recently. Exactly. Chubb is, uh, is a mauler. Number three, Quay Walker. I know you got him a little lower. We got but quite a disparity there. Yeah. Quay, I mean, everything I've seen has been very positive. He did apparently get beat uh, in a in a seven on seven type of deal against the Saints, or maybe it was the preseason game. I can't remember, but he uh, took responsibility for letting Alvin Kamara, who obviously is a, a ridiculous threat out of the backfield, but he beat him on a on a little option route. They said so, but. Everything else is pointing that Quay Walker's already locked up a starting position as a linebacker with the Green Bay Packers. Number three on my list is Nicobe Dean, uh, who was uh, has already shown he's, he should have been taken before the third round. And I think he will have an opportunity. Maybe he's not getting starting spots yet, but I think he will. Uh, and I think he's going to thrive um, with the Eagles. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder, so I got him in that spot. Who's number two for you? Number two on my list is Luis Seen of the Minnesota Vikings, who uh, I believe the Vikings uh, are going to give this guy an opportunity uh, to start. Um, and he's kind of a star up there. I mean, he's a first-round pick for the Minnesota Vikings. They don't have multiple guys like the Packers and uh, the Eagles do. He's the guy. And uh, it's funny how a guy like Lewis – I mean, I'm not saying he wasn't a star at Georgia, but with the amount of, st- of guys they had on this defense, you know, eight guys drafted – he kind of blended in with the others, and I think you go to the NFL and you're the first-round pick, you know, you got even a bigger, uh, you know, spotlight. Well, I'm going with the number one overall first-round pick, and that would be Trayvon Walker at number two. For every reason we just talked about, I mean, he's he's come in, he looks the part. Uh, from what I've seen, he's played the part so far, albeit in preseason scrimmage. But this is a guy, I think, this, uh, you know, along the lines of Quay, he's – He's already proven some of the expectations that uh, people have on him, and, and I expect him to to have a great season, a rookie season, and a, and a great career. Number one on my list is one Jordan Davis, who, uh, you know, as you mentioned, uh, very descriptively, accurately, uh, he's gonna he's gonna be the dude up there, uh, you know, in the interior for the Eagles defense. Um, you know, already productive, um, definitely uh, has shown. You know, you mentioned about, I guess, man, mauling that guy in practice. What was just as impressive is that, and I'm sure this did great things in the locker room for him. When he was asked about it, he basically said, I didn't do anything, you know. That, he been me in some. Right? Yeah, he, he said that that was one clip. You know, there's been other times when he's taken me to, to the house. So, you know, Davis is, uh, you know, a great locker room guy, and I think he's going to be, uh, you know, able to uh, show that he, he has the uh, athletic ability that we saw in, at the Combine, uh, you know, to really carve out his niche on this Eagles defensive line. And he's not going to have to carry the load, but he's going to have his, his uh, production as well. Yeah, I agree with you. But number one on my list is uh, George Pickens. And maybe this is a little bit of the fantasy coming out because, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, I've seen reviews and the, the guys that talk fantasy sports on, uh, on on ESPN and whatnot are super high on what George can do. And, I mean, he's going into a, a you know, a situation where he's already starting for the for the uh, Steelers. And a lot of, you know, a lot of videos have come out of what he's done. He pushed the cornerback like he did against Michigan last year, you know. And uh, they made a great catch in their first scrimmage or first uh, preseason game where he, kind of tapped his toes there in the back corner 
There's been some other practice videos that kind of got viral because of great catches he made. I, I think he's just uh, he, he's poised to to be a star uh, in Pittsburgh. And now the only thing that's knocking him is who's their quarterback going to be, right? I mean, they drafted a, a picket, but I don't think he's going to be their starter just yet. So maybe that devalues George some. But I mean, everything so far, he looks like he's he's ready to be a star receiver in the league. All right, we've got some breaking news as Ryan was speaking. Uh, you know, your, your CBS Sports uh, college football theme song. Can you remember that? You know that? The what? CBS Sports 3.30 p.m. theme song. Oh, yeah. Da, 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 da. Is that going to go to ESPN now? I, I wonder if that's going to be continuing with uh, the Big Ten on CBS at the 3.30 spot. Uh, this has been in the works. We, you know, there's been reports about it. But beginning with the 2024 season, uh, you will have – uh, Big Ten games showcased on CBS, uh, select games to air during 2023. Uh, so uh, ESPN, of course, will be the home of SEC football. And um, Ron, I know you're going to keep watching because uh, you're looking forward to seeing Purdue take on UCLA. Uh, <laughs> not a Big Ten game now. Holy cow. I thought you were going to say something like Northwestern, but yeah, that's – and so Rutgers is going to have to fly to UCLA and vice versa, right? I mean, Georgia technically needs to fly to Texas A&M, but it hadn't happened yet. That is true, but that's, that's half the distance of a Rutgers to L.A. True. Um, all right, let's. This is longer a podcast than I thought. Let's click on or kick on a couple or hit on a couple uh, quick topics here. Uh, Georgia-Florida game, kind of got to talk about that all the time. Was it last week that the, some of the news came out right about when we were – Georgia's uh, going to be able to get tickets to recruits for the game in Jacksonville. Uh, does that satisfy Kirby? No. No. He says it's a moot point because he can't host recruits. We've, we've talked about uh, this subject. After 2023, uh, maybe Georgia can host them in Athens. Uh, is that going to happen? What's going on? No, they're going to keep it in Florida. I mean, in Jacksonville, it comes down to the money. And I just don't see how uh, either side can say no to the amount of money they get. All right, Ryan, speaking of uh, games at uh, neutral sites, Atlanta, January 2025 National Championship game, will be hosting uh, just like they did when George played Alabama in 2018 January. Uh, how, ma how many national championship games will Georgia have made between – now and January of 2025. Jeez. I, I, I'll put the number at one. Say so one more? I mean. So you're saying either the 2023? 20, yeah. So once in the next three so years. I, I'll say they're at least in one. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously, Georgia fans like, we'll be in all three, but. I think it's fair. Yeah. All right. Um, Greg Sankey wants to expand the NCAA tournament beyond 68. Uh, We're talking about basketball. Yeah, this is essentially because Texas A&M didn't get in the field last year. Mm. Uh, even though they reached the finals right of the of the SEC tournament, uh, they probably should have been in the field, but they didn't. Here's my answer to that: No, no, no. Leave it 68. I think it should go down to 64. Whatever. No, I'm not fine with the the games in uh, the Dayton. Games. Dayton. Yeah. This does not need to be an 80 team tournament. No. Uh, look, even if it was 80, Georgia. When would a Georgia have got in the tournament at 80? Maybe under Mark Fox, like in one of those last years before he got. They got a number one seed, and they lost here to Mike White and uh, Texas Tech. They were one of the final four. Uh, no, it wasn't left Tech, it was Louisiana Tech. I mean, Louisiana Tech, yeah, yeah. They uh, were one of the last four. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. Hey, women's schedule, uh, last thing before we go, that came out for women's basketball. Georgia goes to Texas A&M. Uh, Joni will not be coming to Athens this year. Uh, Joni versus Katie storyline, are you into that? Uh, yeah, uh, you, you know, I'm excited about that. Yeah. That'd be fun. What's the date on that? Do we know? Or? Somewhere in late January, maybe. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's actually a lot of Georgia, former Georgia players, right? On that, uh, actually, I don't think there's as many former Georgia players on Texas A&M as there are former UCF players on Georgia, yeah, right? Right. But yeah. I'm trying to remember who left uh, with her. Now, I, know I think her signing class might have pretty yeah, much gone over there. Right, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, uh, Sarah Ashley Barker, I know, left. She's out, she's out Alabama, Alabama. where yeah. her dad played football. Career. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's the podcast for this week. We'll be back next week. We are still uh, doing this kind of a little bit uh, makeshift in terms of our audio equipment. We might might have our uh, old podcast studio equipment back up and running. Ron, you making any promises? No, I'm just crossing my fingers over here. All right. Hopefully the quality has been okay as uh, you've dealt with that. And uh, we will talk to you again next time. See you all.